A lot of singing there about the promises of God. Five stanzas in that song. And when we think about and we read through, I heard someone say recently about the promises of God that was in this book and how many it was. And I don't remember all of those, but it was an astronomical number of what the promises of God are right here in this book. And I know as we read through the New Testament, we can just see one right after the other of promises of what he's going to do for us there. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. I will shout and sing the promises of God. Standing on the promises of God, I cannot fall. And if we will just put our full faith and trust there in him, that we will not fall. We will see victory. If we see that we have fall, fallen, fall with your feet in the path, is the old saying, and rise and go again. Don't let Satan hold you down, but rise and go again. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, the promises of him, of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to talk about today, and we want to encourage each and every one. The Lord has, I believe he has given us a lot of information in the last while, a lot of encouragement. He has also shown us a lot about what will happen in the latter days and what will happen right after he comes back here to the earth, right after man's probation state here is finished we i believe we've got a good understanding of what's going to take place and let's listen let's put these things in our treasure so that we'll be able to bring them out new and old things and we'll be able to understand and be encouraged in his word that's what i want each and every one of us today when we leave here today i want you to be encouraged in his word in his promises and let's see victory in it. If you come out here this morning and you feel like that you're not where you need to be, go to Jesus Christ and just pour out your soul to him. And he will lift you up. That's one of his promises that he says. And if we're there and we feel like that we are right, we are walking with him and we're close with him, Continue on that by continuing to communicate with him. And let's be at one. If we're at one with Jesus Christ, we'll be at one with God. And if we're at one with them, we'll be at one with his people here upon the earth. And we will want to be doing everything that we can to encourage and to build up each and every one of us here upon the earth spiritually so that we all can have that hope, that peace, and that happiness here upon the earth that he has promised is what he'll give to us and that we can all realize and know what that power is, what that grace is, is just the love of God and the, the power that he has to offer to all mankind to overcome Satan. And that's what I want us all to be thinking about and looking to 
and being reconciled to his will being done in us this morning. I want to read some here. We've opened here to Corinthians. There may be some other places we'll read, but there's some things in this chapter that I think would be good. We go over it quite often. We read these things. But I want us to just to think about what he says and what he, what Paul was encouraging these people out. We'll start reading here in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto carnal, but unto spiritual, but unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Paul, there was a problem there. He says that they were not able to understand the spiritual things that he was talking to them and that he wants to be able to talk to them. And I want everybody here to be able to understand the spiritual part of what is what. His word is and what it's all about. He says, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet are you able. Now, is that any of us here today? I believe and I know that he has been feeding us strong meat. He's been offering the milk to those who need it. But we have been able, he has been offering to us strong meat. Have you been in a position spiritually to where you were able to grasp that and to understand that Paul was talking about these people here he says I have fed you with meat milk and not with meat for hitherto you were not able to bear it they were not in the condition to be able to really understand all about the spiritual things there the real meat of the program the real meat of what God's plan is here upon the earth for man he says, neither yet now are ye able. That was a serious thing when he told them that. Think about that. Here he was writing this letter to this people. and Think about that today in our life here today, if that is the case with us, that you've been fed with milk because only milk, because you're not able to receive the strong meat there, the, the true, the true truce of the work of Jesus Christ. You're not able to bear it. Why? Because you still have that carnal mind. That's what he talked about up there. He says he could speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. There was still a carnal place in their mind that they were not willing to just put it all into that spiritual life there and let Jesus raise them up. For ye are yet carnal. Brings it out just plain as it can be because that is why they were not able to receive. They were not able to move up. They were not able to be walking in the position that they should be with Jesus Christ, with the knowledge and understanding of how they could overcome Satan, with the knowledge and understanding of how he would have them to live their life because they were carnally says, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? When you see that type thing going on throughout the world, and if you see it right here within this group of people, 
Think about what he says. He says, for ye are yet carnal. You yet have that worldly mind about you. For whereas there is among you envying. Is that in your life at all? Envying, envious of someone else, of what they have, or what they are doing, or what they have here, the house that they have, the car, the children, whatever it might be. Are you envious of that kind of thing? Is there strife within you, within brothers or sisters, or young people, older people? Is there strife there? And you know what that will cause? Divisions. And that's what he says, there's divisions. He was saying all of these things was among that group of people there that he was writing to. But he was warning them about this. He was bringing it to their attention so that they could get out of it, so that they could go to the Lord and have it cleaned up. He says, you are yet carnal. Now, I want us to, every one of us, take that right to our own self and, and apply that in our day of what it is. Are you carnal? Is there envy and is there strife? Is there divisions? And he says there, are you not carnal and walk as men? If that is the things that's within you today, yes, you're just walking as the world does. There's no difference in you and the world. And if there's not a difference, something is wrong. He says God is a spirit and we must worship him in spirit. There has to be a difference in our life. We can't just live that same lifestyle, and that's what he was talking about. This is the things that goes on in mankind throughout the world, every, in every person that does not have that spirit of God within them. These are the attributes of them. There is envy, and there's strife, there's divisions, there's that carnal mind, and they walk as the men of the world. That's just, that is what Satan does to all that has not repented and had that new birth. That's in every person that's in that kind of a lifestyle. Who then is Paul? Well, I skipped the verse. And for while one saith, I am of Paul, or I am, uh, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And I want us to all understand that today. It doesn't matter who you might hear the word from. And that's what Paul wanted to get across to these people. There were some that were saying, well, I'm of this group or I'm of that. And there was a division among them. But Paul said, God's the one that gives the increase. And that's what we have to look for. But that's what Paul was talking about right there up there in the very second verse there that they, they, were, they were lacking. They, just, they may have been out here saying that they were of Paul or they were of Apollos or all of those things. But had God given the increase? And that's the thing that we have to look for today. Is God given the increase? And that increase is nothing more but walking closer with him, letting that spirit dwell richly within you, and seeing victory through it. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. And we can't take any credit of any of that. If you go out and you walk and you 
you talk and you minister to someone and you help them to come to Christ, you're not the one that's giving them the increase. All you're doing is doing the planning and encouraging there. God is the only one that can give the increase. And that's what Paul wanted these people to understand. I want us all to understand that today. All I can do today is to encourage you. And I can point you to Jesus Christ. But God's the one that will give you the increase. He is the one that can give you that new birth, that new spirit. When you ask of him, he will choose you to receive that. And Jesus Christ then, it will come through him. When you repent of your sins and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, that is when you can receive that new birth. And that's when then you'll be able to understand the strong meat. You'll be able to take the, the milk, that sincere milk of the Word, and grow spiritually and be able then to accept the strong meat that Paul has to give. And you will not be, there will be no division. There will be no strife. There will be no envy. But you will understand that God is the one that's given me this. Not someone else. But God's the one that gave me this increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything. Neither he that watereth. But God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive of his own reward according to his own labor. Now the, the people there that are watering and planting and encouraging, that's what he's talking about. Those that are encouraging you, those that are mentoring you, are you doing them? He says you are just one. And you will, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. Now what kind of labor is within us? Are we laboring to help others to understand more and more about Christ? Are we willing to do these things? That's another question that has been brought up to us quite often. Are you planning? Are you watering? Do you expect then to have the reward according to that? And that reward is the works of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within you now and everlasting life when you leave here, if we are walking, if we are following, and doing the things that Christ would have for us to do. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. You're God's manager here, like the husband there that went out to manage some type of work for someone. He was the manager there. And that's what God has given that spirit to us that we might manage it here with his power, with his help. We can manage that and help others to be able to see and know and to become a part of it. The husbandry there of the vineyard or whatever, he was in charge of those things. He was the one that was looking after it and making sure that the plants were growing and being proper. And that's what each and every one of us should be doing. That is what my job would be here, to be encouraging all of the people and helping them to be able to grow spiritually as we go through this life. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. 
I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Listen to that again. He says, now, according to the grace of God which is given me, the grace of God that was given to Paul on his way down there to Damascus and when he got to Damascus, he says, that was given to me, the power of God. As a wise master builder, that's who God is, a wise master builder, and he gives his grace and his power to those that he knows will continue on in it and will work in it. I have laid the foundation as a wise master builder. Paul was also that. He was a wise master builder because he was allowing the Spirit of God to direct him in everything that he did there. He says, I've laid the foundation. I have given you the spiritual wisdom and knowledge. And I know that has been given to this group of people here. And he says, now another buildeth their own. And let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Now are you building upon that foundation? That spiritual foundation. What are you building upon it? Ask yourself that question. Has that spiritual foundation been laid within you? Is it there? What Paul was talking about. According to the grace of God. The power of God. Is that spiritual foundation within you. And that only comes with the new birth. He says, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. I have helped others. I have given them the spiritual wisdom and knowledge that God has given to me. I have encouraged them in that. And others can be able to build upon that foundation. But he says, now let every man take heed how he builds on that foundation. Take heed how he builds that. He was warning these people over here. He says, now I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet are you able he had laid that foundation to them. There was other things being built on that foundation than righteous works. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now the spiritual part, we cannot do anything other than what Jesus Christ, and that's all Paul could give them. He could give them that. But what were they putting upon it? Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, now there's a foundation. That's our life. This is what we're doing. And Paul says, now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, now what are you building upon there? I look upon that, and I, when I see that the gold and silver and precious stones, that is works that God is accepting out of us. And you can say all kind of things, but it's the works of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within us is what that, that gold and silver and precious stones upon that foundation, that spiritual foundation of God that we're building. He says, if any man build upon this foundation... 
Those things. Then he goes on and he says, wood, hay, and stubble. Every man shall be worked, shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, it shall, he shall, he, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall reward, receive a reward. Now we know that the Spirit of God there, He is a consuming fire. Now if we see that we have built the wood, hay, and stubble upon that precious foundation, if we see we have built something there, we have sinned, we have lived, done things that was not in accordance with that precious foundation there that Paul was talking about. According to the grace of God that He has given to us. If we see that we have made a mistake, he says, now go to Jesus Christ. He says, I am a consuming fire, God is. And he says, he, will, he is quick to forgive if we will repent of our sins. So let's go to him when we see that. And then he says, it shall be, for every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide, he shall, he shall build thereon, and he shall receive a reward. Now I want us to think about this also. We can have those things burned while we're here in, the, in this land of the living if we go to Christ Jesus. We can have that taken away and burned and destroyed. We read about here recently how that when the, all the dead that are not in that righteous camp come upon Satan brings up upon that the breath of the earth there and they're there compassing the camp of the righteous and fire from God comes down and consumes them why because there is no stones and silver precious stones and silver and gold within that group of people it is all wood hay and stubble there and they are burned and they are forever dead and cast into that lake of fire. Isn't that a terrible thing to think about here? But we can have our work tried while we're here upon the earth. Don't wait till it is eternally too late. But have it tried here and be using the Spirit of God to build upon that precious foundation gold and silver and precious stone, build upon that precious foundation of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within you. Let it be righteous works that is being done within you because you're allowing the Spirit of God to do the works within you. And then what will that reward be? It will, that reward will be eternal life that is so graciously giving. It is a free gift that is given by God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And I believe he's talking about here, while we're here upon the earth, letting our works be tried by the fire of God. And if they are consumed by that, suffer the loss, 
here in this life, but you will be saved in the end because you have repented. You've taken it to God here. And he has consumed those sins. He has taken it away. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know you not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? And again, he's reminding these people, you've repented, you've received that new birth. Now, and that's what I want all of us to remember and think. When we have repented and we received that new birth, this body becomes a temple of the Spirit of God. Do you understand that? And that's what he was talking about. Do you know you not that you're the temple of God? If you've received that new birth, you have that spirit within you, now this body is a temple of God. God is dwelling in that. And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Do you understand? It, it is just so simple to us to understand and see what he's talking about. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. And if I believe that, he says, if any man defile the temple of God, if we defile that with sin and we are overcome, what we read about, I believe, last week, about being overcome, if we see that we've sinned, if we've gone back, done things, and overcome in that, then there's no more opportunity of repentance and that's what he's talking about here that if any man defile the temple of God him shall God destroy if we defile that temple of God that spirit and do not get it cleaned up not get it both that wood hay and stubble burned while we are here he says God will destroy that and we've read about that. We saw all those things in Revelations there, how he was telling us it would take place, that there is nothing that is defiled that will enter into the kingdom of God. And here Paul just warning the people about it before John had written those things. And that's what I want to warn all of us about today. And, and Jesus has just been giving us these, under, these warnings. He didn't want to see any of us lost. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. It's very plain and simple. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are ye? Which temple are you? Now he asks, he says, which temple ye are? And I'm asking that question there. Which temple are you? Are you a temple of God or a temple of Satan? Is there godly and righteous works being done by you? And that's nothing more but the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. It's not your works. As we go through life, is that the case with us? Have you repented? Have you put your trust there in Jesus Christ? Do you have that love for Him above all other things? And I want you to understand that it's not by your works that you're saved. But the works that is within you will show whether it's the Spirit of the Holy Ghost working within you or it's the Spirit of Satan. 
the works that are within you will show whether or not you are that spirit is is defiled. And he made it very plain and clear to us, and as we've been reading in Revelations there, about what will happen to those that is defiled. Because there is nothing, he says, that will enter into. And he tells us about several different situations of what that means to be defiled. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. If any man just looks on and you look upon him and all he can think about is how wise that I am and how what worldly knowledge I have and all the worldly things, the pleasures that I'm involved in, he says, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Let him put all of those things aside that people would look at and say, why are you such a foolish person of putting all of these things aside? The entertainments and the things, the pleasures of this world. But do you want to be wise spiritually? Put it away. So that you can be wise and you can understand what he'd have for you to do. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. That's what I was talking about there. When you look upon and all that we are is just wise in the things of this world. And that's what we're looking for. And he says that's just foolishness with God. It's not putting them pretty straight. For it is written, He that taketh the wise in their own craftiness. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they're vain. That's all they want to think about. It's all they, they put all their time and effort into. It's trying to entertain themselves. Trying to entertain their families. Or whatever it might be. Is that what we're, our goal is? He says he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. They will just continue right on into that and they will be taken off the earth in that and spend eternity in torment. When you can become wise spiritually, God looks upon these things as foolishness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. All things can be yours if you will just... Follow Christ Jesus. Repent of your sins. And put your faith and trust there. And then he just goes on and he, he brings something to their attention. He says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. You have all these things at your hand that you can use. And you're Christ. And Christ is God's. You have all of these things that you can use here to walk closer spiritually to Jesus Christ. For all or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ. And Christ is God. Just remember... 
Don't let the things of this world tie you down. Don't let the things of the world be all that is in your mind that you're thinking about that takes up your time and effort of what can I do so that I can entertain more? What can I do so that people will look upon me favorably? Just walk with Jesus Christ. Be seeking the favor of God. And you know how we get that? Repenting. Putting our trust in Jesus. Having a great love for Him. And letting that Spirit direct us. I believe we'll read some. Reminded some here in Timothy. First Timothy. Let's turn there. First Timothy, fourth chapter. Seems like a lot of these things we go over and over and over. But that's what it takes for us. That's what Christ did. If you read, reading throughout the whole book, in each one of the letters, it's basically going over and over the same type things. Over and over and over. But that's what he wants us to do, to understand, so that we can walk closer to him. We'll, we'll begin here at the first verse of the fourth chapter. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in, in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Some of the same type thing here, what Paul had been talking about there to others. Some of the same things was going on here. He says that now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, speaking lies in hypocrisies, having their conscience seared with the hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be, re be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Christ, Jesus Christ, nourished up, in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast obtained. Now, you can see there, there was lots of things that was beginning to, to come into the people of the church is the way I was looking. And Paul was warning him, warning this young man about what was happening there and what was taking place. And he says, in the latter days, and I believe that he was speaking about even that time and in other days, but he was warning him about that, that there would be people there departing from the faith of Jesus Christ, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And we can see that throughout the world today of how that... Christianity has been invaded in this type of thing. 
speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron so that they don't even, it does not even bother them anymore when they're teaching and things that goes in direct opposition to God's Word. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving and of them which believe and know the truth. And these things have been going on in certain sects of, of, res, of Christianity for many, many years. That This is what they would tell them, that there's certain people in, in those denominations and stuff that you can't marry. And commanding that there's only certain types of foods that they could be eaten. Yes, and these goes back to some of the law there even. But he says here, he says, but which God created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. God created woman. Why would God then go out and say that it is forbidden to marry? He created woman to be man's helpmate. But there are certain denominations that have certain groups of people within them that says that, that it, they are forbidden to marry. And I believe that this is some of the things that what Paul was talking about in that day. That these would be things that would be happening. Which God created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, and to receive the things that He has for us to use, to nurture this body, the food and things. He says these things are good if we receive it with thanksgiving. And all the things that He has, we should receive it with thanksgiving to God that He has given it to us to use. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast obtained. And that's, again, what I want to be encouraging you to, is to read the word, study the word, and let God give you the increase. That is the one that can do it. You can't just get the increase, but God can give you that through Christ Jesus. He says, Refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Refuse profane. Refuse the teachings of the world is what he's saying. And just old wives' fables, just things that people get up and say, well, this is how you've got to serve the Lord. There's one way of serving Him. That's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Having our full faith and trust in Him. Repenting of our sins. It's not some old saying that you've got to do this or you've got to go there or whatever. It is by Jesus Christ. But God for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now listen. He says, now refuse profane things. Refuse Satan is what he's saying. In every situation, refuse letting him come into your life. 
Get him at bay. Keep him at bay. Tell him, Satan, get behind me. That's what Christ said. He told Peter that. When Peter didn't want the things of God taking place here upon the earth. And he spoke out about it to Christ. Christ looked at Peter and he said, Satan, get behind me. You're trying to get ahead of the work of God. And let's don't any of us be that. Let's stay right up with the work. Not trying to get ahead, but following Him. He says in many cases, wait upon the Lord. For body, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. And that says, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Let that again be the main thing in our life. That that's what we are seeking after is godliness, godliness, spiritual life within us. That's what we need to be seeking. Having promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. As we go through this, having promise by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, promise of life that we have now, of spiritual life while we're here upon the earth. And if we've got that promise, and he says, and of that which is to come. And what is that which is to come? After we leave here, after we lay this body down, there's a promise of eternal life. Isn't that wonderful to think about this morning? Isn't that encouraging to us? That we can have this promise here. Promise of life now while we're here. Spiritual life. We, we're dead. We came here dead. But through Jesus Christ we can have that be quickened. We can be made alive spiritually. That's what he's talking about. Now. Now you can know that while you're here. And then when we leave here, we can have that eternal life when we leave here. Isn't that wonderful to think about? The promises. That's one of those, two of those that we sung about this morning. Promise of having life now and promise of eternal life when we leave here. Isn't that wonderful? This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. This is the truth of God is what he's saying. It is a faithful promise and it is worthy that we all accept it. It is the free gift from God, friends. Do you want to accept it? And let's go on then and see victory in it. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. He is the Savior of all men. 
if they will accept it. And those that believe, he says, he is especially, he is especially their Savior. To those that believe, because he is there then to help them, to work with them, and to encourage them, and to take away their sins, to burn them up, if they repent of them. That is those, especially, he is the Savior and a special Savior to those that believe upon him. And I want to be of that special group of people. He says his people are a peculiar group. They are a special group of people. And we can each and every one be a part of that today. These things command and teach. These things, and that's what Paul was telling this young preacher, this young man. He says these things command and preach. And that's what I want everyone to preach to you today to teach to you eternal life through Jesus Christ and then how we can how we can have these things but he, he warns us about being defiled this is a temple of God he says when we receive that now get that spirit of Satan away from you Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let no man despise thy youth. And that could be in any of us. But if you, if you see the spirit in some young person, and that was what he was in, trying to encourage us, and I want to encourage you young people today, let no man despise the seeing the Spirit in a young person today. But be thou an example to the believers. And that's what every one of us should be. And that's what I want you young people to be. To put away the things of the world. There is so much out there now that can destroy you. And just lead you away. See victory in Jesus. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now all of these things that we're talking about there, young people and old people, where do you think you're going to be able to maintain that? Where do you think you're going to be able to get knowledge and understanding to do just exactly what he was saying there? Let no man despise thy youth, the spirit. And I believe he's talking about the spirit there in him. But he says, be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now I want every one of us again to just look at our own individual self. Is this the attributes that people see when they are around you, when they are talking to you, when you are on your daily, just your daily work, are these type of things showing that this is how you live your life? You know, I, I heard something recently of how that, I believe that this state, the attorney general of this state had sued one of the big media companies 
because, and there were several other states that were doing the same thing because of their platform with some of these media outlets that they have for all these young people that are involved in them and how it is so addicting and they do things there the companies make it that way so that it addicts them to it so that they are constantly using it more and more and more and they just are able to make more and more money but some of the things that was being asked they were talking to some young people and they were asking them about what was going on there in their lives with this and they said, asking them, well, how much time do you spend each day with that? And basically what he's talking about is the things of the media's outlets that they use with their telephones. And these teenagers were talking and they were saying, well, you know, four or five hours a day is what they were doing. And I don't doubt that. If you just stop anywhere you go, just look at what has taken place with the majority of people. I was in a place recently and I was just as I was sitting there looking, the people standing around and there was probably 75% of the people in that building there that was sitting doing something on their phone, either young or old, doesn't matter. But they were putting effort into that. Think about what he was saying up here. Are we laboring in that type thing? And do you think that on Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook and all those things, and I know that you can use some of that to an advantage, but do you think about what you're getting in that? And, the, and these people were saying that it's, it's not only addictive, that the things that they're being taught on that is leading them in to all manner of things that's not good. And we can see that. You can see it. The internet can be a wonderful tool to use. But it is the most dangerous thing that any one of us has access to that can destroy you spiritually. And we need to know that. We need to understand that that is Satan that is there and he is using that tool. And parents, he is using that tool to destroy your children. And to, for them, and not only, but let's go back. Parents, are you following what he was saying here in this very thing? Be thou an example of the believers. Are we setting the right example in how we are using the medias that is there? And then are we, are we allowing things to go on right within our house and then with our children that will destroy them spiritually? I don't think you're going to get a whole lot. You might get a little bit. You might find somebody that puts a little something on there. But we're not going to find a whole lot on a lot of this stuff that you see. Now, yes, you can use the Internet, and I've used it for finding and, and seeing a lot of things that I think has probably helped me spiritually. But you better be careful with it. But this thing of young people and older people just constantly with on their phone, is that, or on their iPad, computer, whatever it might be, is that leading you to be an example of a believer in Christ Jesus? 
Or is it leading you into an example of look who I am, look what I'm doing, or look what my friend's doing, and let's, let's build them up, and let's build myself up. I want to show you how I am. What is the case? Are we wanting to set forth an example of a believer in Jesus Christ? Or do I want to show and try to have people to look at me and look what I am doing and look how I can glorify in my body and the things that I do. It's a warning that we need to take real heed to, friends. A lot. We need to pay close attention. But be a, setting an example to believers. And then he says, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Is that what you see when you're on these social medias? Do you see that kind of an attitude? Or is it, look at me. Look at what I am doing. Look at what, how I can build myself up. And that's what so much out there I hear about. Till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. He says, give attendance to these things. To knowing about reading good things to exhortation, to being encouraged in the truth and encouraging others and the doctrine of Jesus Christ. He says, give attendance to those things. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. He says, don't neglect that gift of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Don't neglect that ever. Keep it strong. Remember what he was talking about there when he said that I fed you with milk. You were not able to take the strong meat. He's encouraging this young man here to not neglect that gift that spirit of the Holy Ghost, but keep it strong. How? Which was given thee by prophecy and laying on of the hands of the presbytery. He says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Give yourself wholly to the Word, to hearing, to exhortation, to encouraging and hearing encouragement from other believers. And the doctrine of God the Father and Jesus Christ. He says, give yourself to that. Don't neglect those type things. He says, meditate upon them. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. That your light, that, that that Spirit may appear to others. They may see the Spirit of God working within you. And see those works. And what does He say? That they may see the good works that's done in you. And give God the glory. Give God the honor. Not us. Not man. And nothing there. 
meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly unto them, to them, that thy profiting may be a, may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He just brings it right on back, all the way down. Paul just keeps coming in and encouraging and telling this young man how he should live his life. And young people or older people, whoever it is, I want us to listen to the same thing. And let's let our life, let's let this be what shines in our life. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear unto all. Take heed unto thyself. Take heed unto how you're living your life, is what he's meaning there. And unto the doctrine. Take heed to the doctrine that has been taught here upon the earth by you, by people that has taught and preached and encouraged people here. He says, take heed to that doctrine. Continue in them. Continue in it. In the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of God. Continue in that. He says, for in so doing that, continuing in it, keeping that first and foremost in you, thou shalt both save thyself. That's the first thing that we've got to do. He says, we continue in that by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost working within you. We continue in it. And he says, you can both save yourself and them that hear thee. And that is my goal today. That I can preach and teach and give these understanding, help, the, help you to understand this word so that I can save myself through the blood of Jesus Christ. By believing in Jesus, I can't save myself other than by believing in Him, by studying the doctrine, by continuing in that Spirit is what He's saying. I can save myself by going to Him and repenting and trusting in Him. I can receive that is what Paul's saying. And I can encourage others and them that hear thee. And I can both, he says, save thyself and those that hear thee. The words of God. The words that he has re right here recorded for us to be able to read and to see. And to be encouraged with. Don't be discouraged. But friends, we've got to do as he says. Let no man despise thy youth. Let me see. There was, that's not the scripture that I was wanting to see. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of, God, of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast obtained. Now that's where I want us to all be today, and let's be living in that. And he says, now refuse 
profane and old wives' tale fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. That's what we need to be seeking for and living after. Keep those things in mind. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let's live by it. He says, teach the people to live by these things. Teach them about it. And then, let's all live by His Word there as we go through our life. Don't let Satan deceive you. Not in one way. Don't let him deceive you at all. I want to read a few verses. In John. This is the fifth chapter of John, starting at the 39th verse. Paul was talking to this group of people that were looking and they were trying to say all about what Moses had done for them and all these things and, and that they believed in Moses and he was warning them about this type thing. And he says, starting at the 39th verse, the 5th chapter, he says, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Now he was talking to them, but he told them, he says, now you need to search the scriptures. He says that you say that you have eternal life, and I believe he was talking about there by the prophets and these things, and they which te- but they are they which testify of me. In all the scriptures they did, they testified that the Messiah would be coming. Uh, Jesus Christ would come here upon the earth, or the Messiah would come, and he was there. And he said, and they testify, the scriptures testify of me. And that's what I want us to think about, though. The scriptures here, the gospels, they testify that Jesus Christ came here to the earth. And that's how I want us to search those scriptures. For in them, I want to just take that out and say, in them you have eternal life. It's what we can have today. And they could have had it that day too. They thought that they had it by going over there. But let's go on and read. And you will not come to me that you might have life. They were just reading through those things. But we've got to come to Jesus Christ if we want to have that eternal life. We've got to come to Him. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which 
which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God. And we need to be looking to Jesus Christ, not seeking honor of our own self, not trying to upbuild ourselves, but receive honor that comes from God only. And that is the honor of receiving that new birth, the honor that God has chosen you because you've repented and trusted in Jesus. God has chosen you to take away your sins and you can give you that new birth. And that's the greatest honor that could be bestowed upon any one of us. Why do we want to try to build honor with man in doing the things just to upbuild ourselves? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Now he was talking to a group of people there, the Jews. But I want us to look at it in our day. That if you believe not his writings, and I'm talking about the writings that is in this book here of John and Luke and Mark and Matthew, all of those, I believe that is the Gospels of Jesus Christ, and there's there. And I believe it should be that if you believe not these writings that are here, how shall you believe my words? How shall you believe in the promises that Jesus Christ has left for us if you don't believe in the scriptures that are written right here. And that's what he was telling the people back there, the Jews, that if you don't, if you say that you believed in Moses, and if you had really believed in him, you would have known that he wrote of me. Now, if we're saying that we are a Christian, then we're going to believe in his writings and believe in the promises that he has here upon the earth for us. Now, are you going to believe? Now, let's believe in his word. If you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? I want to believe these red-lettered words here that's in this Bible that came from Jesus Christ. Believe it as the promises, and see victory. And I know you can too. I'm going to point you to Him. Point you to Jesus Christ. If you have fallen, fall there in the way. If you have fallen, if you have built wood, hay, and stubble upon that precious foundation of the Spirit of God, repent and go to Jesus Christ and have Him to burn those things up while we're here in the land of the living. Suffer the loss now that you might be saved eternally. Get out of it. If you haven't repented, if you have never been able to receive that Spirit of the Holy Ghost, I ask you to repent. I beg you to repent. You're in a very dangerous place if you have not repented of your sins. And become a part of the family of Jesus Christ. And become a son of God by repenting and having your sins taken away. Trusting in Jesus Christ and being baptized for the remittance of your sins. If you have not done that, 
I beg you to make those things, to do it. Don't let it go on. And if, if you are walking upright with Him, continue on. Walk with Him. Let His Spirit direct you and be at one with Jesus Christ and God the Father. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 290, God Be With You. And there may be someone that might would like to make that commitment, and you can do so as we sing that song, God Be With You, 290, by coming forward.
Son, I would say the same, that God be with each and every one of you until we meet again. And I want to be able to, each time that we meet, be able to pour out his love for each and every one of us. When life's perils thick confound you, put his arms unfailing around you. God be with you till we meet again. Let us pray. To God the Father, we come to you honoring your name through Jesus Christ, your blessed Son. And we honor his name. And we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the words of exhortation today. And we just beg that you be with us. You strengthen us. And you help us to encourage one another in your word. And help us to get closer and closer to you. So that your will is done in us. And that we're building upon that precious foundation of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That we are building righteous works upon that coming from you. And all the wood, hay, and stubble of our own works being burned. Being taken away. And we just ask for guidance. That we might live and encourage others in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.